Hello and welcome, dear listeners, to another riveting episode of Talk Commerce. This is where we explore the vanguard of business with industry professionals. I'm your co-host, Jackie Downing. In today's programme, we're tremendously excited to welcome our esteemed guest, Mr. Dave Hyman. As the co-founder and head of sales at WebEyes, Mr. Hyman is at the very forefront of e-commerce monitoring and analytics. His innovation at WebEyes has been instrumental in aiding businesses to pinpoint and resolve crucial site issues, reclaim lost revenue, and perfect the online buyer experience. And guiding us through this enlightening conversation, we have our well-respected host, Mr. Brent Peterson. A seasoned expert in the field of e-commerce, Mr. Peterson's wealth of knowledge and captivating narration promises a truly insightful discourse. So without further ado, let us warmly welcome Mr. Dave Hyman and Mr. Brent Peterson. But first, a word from our sponsors. Great news for the Magenta community. Hoofa is now fully supported by Amnesty, the number one Magento extension provider. With a catalog of over 250 Magento products and solutions and a full range of custom development services, Amnesty actively invests in providing compatibility with the Hoofa theme. 33 solution compatibilities have already been released and are available as part of the regular product subscription with no extra charge. And many more new compatibilities are coming. In partnership with Hoofa, Amnesty is focused on providing its clients with high quality extensions, great performance, and a high level of service. Visit amnesty.com for more details. That's A-M-A-S-T-Y dot com. And remember to tell them Talk Commerce sent you. Have you heard of the Hoofa theme for Magento? It is a powerful yet intuitive theme that has been designed to help Magento store owners create the perfect online store. With the Hoofa theme, you can create a store that is unique and engaging, while taking advantage of the latest technology that will make your site blazing fast. The theme is built with a modern, responsive design that is optimized for maximum performance and usability. You can easily achieve Google Lighthouse scores of 10. It is also fully customizable, allowing you to adjust its look and feel to fit your brand. Overall, the Hoofa theme is the best choice for any Magento site. It is easy to set up and customize, and it provides powerful features to help you create a successful online store. Plus, it is designed to work seamlessly with your existing Magento store, so you can take advantage of its powerful features and tools. With the Hoofa theme, you can create a beautiful, engaging, and successful Magento site. Go to hyva.io to learn more. That's hyva.io, and tell them that Talk Commerce sent you. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. All right, I'm here with Dave Hyman. David is Dave is the co-founder and head of sales for WebEyes. Dave, go ahead, do an introduction, do a much better job of what I've just done, and tell us your day-to-day role and maybe one of your passions in life. Super, Brent. Thanks a lot for having us. It's great to be on the show, and here at WebEyes, we're big fans of the show, so we appreciate opportunity to come on and meet you and speak also to the audience. So my name is Dave Hyman. I work at, at WebEyes. I'm a co-founder here at the company. My past has been working really with clients for over the past 20, 25 years. Most of the time has been within the e-commerce SaaS business space, 
working with solutions that provide fantastic value to e-commerce businesses and drive higher revenue. Those companies include LivePerson, SimilarWeb, Yultpol, and now come on here as a founder here at WebEyes. That's great. Thank you. Passions in life? Passions are guitar, definitely family. And bottom line is I love selling. I love working with people and selling. That's my passion from early age of four or five, selling lemonade on the street and selling greeting cards door to door all the way up to what I'm doing today. So even today, there's the manager side, but there's also I, I absolutely love being on a call with a client and understanding some of the struggles that they're going through and just understanding what's happening on the street. Those people are the true, the ones that are out there leading the e-commerce businesses are the true fighters. They're the ones that are really going through the war day to day. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. And I'm also a big fan of selling. And actually, I think it's we shouldn't say selling. Maybe we should say communicating solutions to people. I think that's a, or helping people find a solution for something. I think that's a great way to approach it. Dave, I know that we talked about the free joke project before we get into our content. I said I would just tell you a joke and all you have to do is say if this joke should be free or not. And in, in the context of this conversation in WebEyes, maybe we should say, should this joke have been better tested before it got into this conversation? But here we go. I won't waste a lot of our time. My coworker just called me while I was in a meeting. He said he wants to change my, his name to Spinal Column. I said, I'm busy right now. I'll call you back. <laughs> Cute. Definitely worth it. I'd pay money for that. <laughs> Let's put it in at like the nickel dime value, but right. definitely worth it. Good all joke. Right. I, I love comma jokes. Anyways, all right. So let's talk about we did. We talked about measuring. I think that on in the web sphere, I've had so many conversations with clients who just they have their website and they don't bother to measure anything, or they measure their sales. They measure the bottom line, they bend the cart, and they, but they don't understand what people are doing. So talk a little bit about how it is so important to measure. And then I think what they're missing is lost revenue. Listen, it's. I think that most of the businesses are succeeding today. They've reached a certain point of maturity that... When they're looking for success, they're not looking and saying, how much did we make this month compared to last month? How many people came on? For a couple of reasons, that's so important. One, it's always important to understand the full user journey and at what point people are meeting points for friction, obviously leading to site abandonment, but any point of friction that's happening in that online journey. When you're doing that, what that means is that means that you're able to really understand how to better provide service to your customer. From in the moment, and I always think about it like an actual brick-and-mortar store, if I'm going to the mall in a brick-and-mortar store and I'm actually walking in the door, that's what's happened to this customer that's come to your website. The only difference here is that you've made a lot of effort to get them in. So following that full user journey is super critical. Yeah, and you talked about effort to get them in. I think people take as much effort to get somebody onto their website as they would to get them into the mall and get them into a store. And having it's much easier to leave a website than it is to enter a store and not buy something. You're in that store for a reason, and there's much more enticement to actually purchase something because you're in a physical location. Maybe talk about, like... Business failures in terms of their goals and then the, around that measure, how important is that? 
I think measuring it from from the beginning of the moment that they walk in that store until the point that they walk out of the store is critical. I just want to go over a couple reasons. One is loyalty. I think most matured businesses understand today that the name of the game is not get that first sale in. The name of the game is not somebody comes in because they saw that product and they're going to fight through a bad online process in order to make that purchase and walk out. That person will walk out and obviously tell other people that the website stunk, but they bought the product. The name of the game is to build that ongoing relationship with that client. That person had a fantastic experience online, and they're going to come back to your store. They're going to promote your store to others. It's very important to look at the long term. It's a race. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And as far as measuring it, I always look at the data speaks. So I look at each different stage that visitor was in in that online journey. What should success be going from one stage within that funnel to the next as far as success? And then if we see deviation from that, if we see that people are not making it, then we want to multiply and understand what are the calculations that it takes to understand, well, how much money was actually left on the table that data, Brent, is going to give us the information to know what we need to prioritize our efforts on. We might, in the online world, we might have, you know, part of our team might say, hey, we definitely need to figure out everything that's happening on the checkout part of the journey. Whereas if when we really look at the facts, we can see that majority of the customers, the opportunity was really lost within the add to cart. So it's always important to look at the full journey and then also to break it down and understand what was the real revenue impact before any moves. Do you think it's hard for a lot of clients to understand how to even coming up, how to come up with that journey or at least to map it out? Is that the beginning point in which they need to start with? I think the number one thing to start with is to look at the data for sure, to take a deep dive, understand really what that user experience is and where they're coming out. I think that it's also what we're seeing today is we're seeing more and more business teams, business sides of the team, and that might be from the CEO down to marketing, product, growth, etc. These are people that are really starting to take a much deeper look into really site performance and understand how do site performance issues impact every point within the user journey. Traditionally, that would be left for right that tech team, where the tech team would own what's really happening, the user experience on the website, what we're seeing right now in the market, it's fantastic. I think, one, because people are just more educated, and two, there's more data available. We're seeing that more of the business folk, they might not be able to get in there and fix the problems, but they can definitely understand which issues are driving that revenue loss. Yeah, that's a great point because yeah. traditionally a tech team owns it, but a lot of times the UX team drives it and Sometimes the UX team doesn't understand the impact that it's going to have on the IT team. Maybe you can talk about some of those business issues, add to cart, login, registration, those type of items that are just involved in the customer journey that impact those parts of the customer, the customer experience and then how, obviously, how measuring that and understanding how they get from each of those stages is going to help in that. So I, I usually break it down when I look at site performance and I break it down into two simple groups. I look at business side issues and I look at technical issues. I look at business side issues as far as goal failures are super, super critical. That's probably the main thing. I look at usability of the website, UX issues, etc. And then on the tech side, 
I look at third-party tools, uh, page speed, site speed, page speed, JavaScript errors, etc. If I break it down and I look at what we've seen are the top three as far as on the business side, what are the, and the business side, by the way, is generally about between 65 to 70 percent of the reason that people actually abandon. It's based on a business side issue. It's based on add to cart issues. It's based on out of stock coupon failures and login. Login. So in other words, a login is maybe most people think login. That's not a big deal. If somebody gets through your full user journey, puts the product into the cart, and then has problem logging into an account to check out. When we look at that data, we're going to say, wait a minute, that's pretty easily solvable. If you were able to set up a one-time password or a social login, you can overcome that, that gap and keep that customer into in the funnel. And if I look at the top reasons why we see technical on the technical side, number one for sure is going to be third-party tools. It's not anything intentional. It may be that you're working with an addition for a third-party tool that's now out of date. There might be something that's coming up within the Google or, a- or Apple that's causing some kind of friction within the algorithm that's happening. JavaScript errors are still very large. What we see is JavaScript errors don't generally cause a heavy amount of revenue loss. They're big numbers, but they're not really the killers. The killers are going to be on the business side of the site. Yeah, and the business side, like you talked about some of those errors or even third-party extensions that have to do a call-out, I can remember that a, a larger a larger player in the Magento space did an update, and then their update went into everybody's module, and then those modules got deployed, and suddenly, if you didn't test your site after that deployment, you don't know that suddenly your site went from four seconds to 10 seconds load time. And it's only because it's calling out and waiting for something to come back and it's slowing everything down. Maybe talk about the importance of that, the consistent testing and that consistent measurement. Because I think a lot of times too, like merchants or store owners would say, Hey, I've done my due diligence on my load test. I did it when we first launched the site. When was that? That was two years ago. (laughs) Uh, two years ago, even two months isn't enough. So it's it's just I was on the phone with a client earlier this week, and they also said, "Why don't we just Why don't we just test and run an audit, and then basically we'll see how it goes, and that'll be it. We'll fix the items, and that'll be it." And we joked, the two of us joked together, and I said, "Listen, with with young kids, you your child to kindergarten, and, and kindergarten is like a cesspool of germs, right, for any child." You can't just give your kid at the beginning of the year a vitamin C, a chewy, a little gummy bear vitamin C, and say, that's it. My kid is set for the year. Nothing's going to happen. The website is really a living and breathing entity, and it's living and breathing for many reasons. One, it's living and breathing because of what we talked about. There are third-party tools that you're running on the website that there are changes happening within the web that could be affecting the way that third-party tool is interacting with your website. That's for one. For two, you could have that third-party tool could make changes themselves. But three, the main thing is that your marketplace is constantly changing. And often that's going to be based on campaigns, trends that are in the market, but also campaigns for how you're driving traffic to the market. The easy ones to identify are mobile, desktop, or different age groups that are coming on. But as different people are coming on and using your website in different manners, using new coupons, arriving via a certain campaign to a landing page, these are all dynamic changes that are happening within 
your website. And what you need to do is stay ahead of the curve. What you need to do is understand at all times the status for where you are and also make sure that you get an alert, an update, if things start to go a bit pear-shaped. I think that the worst thing that, that ever happens with me if I'm working with a team and all of a sudden we come in and we expected to have 60 signups for a webinar over the weekend and then we came in and we saw, oh my, there was a problem with the sign-up page. That data, we need to get that data on Friday night. If that's at 11.30 at night and I'm making a call to somebody and saying, listen, we got to fix it right now, I'd rather fix that right now than come in on the weekend and start to unravel what happened and work uphill. So we want to stay ahead of the curve and constantly monitor and alert and update what's happening and look at the data and see why are people struggling at specific points within our online funnel and that's where to go and attack the same way that that you would to keep yourself healthy as well yeah i want to i want to i want to lean in on that urgency okay. and i think also a lot of store owners don't have that sense of urgency sometimes you brought up a great point about just a simple landing page on a weekend that you want to have a webinar on a monday but I think also a lot of, we just had a holiday weekend in the U.S. and a lot of places do a big Memorial Day sale. And if you go into a Friday and you're not prepared and you don't see that data and your whole team goes home for the weekend and is enjoying it and you're hoping that their website just works, you've lost all that momentum and you've lost a whole holiday that you can never make up again. Talk about, talk about how to objectify some of those things in terms of what a what a merchant should be looking for and if you're not measuring it it's very hard to objectify and some just some context is what a lot of times what you hear from a merchant is oh my website's really slow i don't like it or i don't like my platform what don't you like about it and then they'll say well, i'm not really sure i think that talk about a little bit about how important that is to figure out that objective thing that needs to get solved. And then you can come, when you solve that one thing, you're going to end up with a whole list of things that you're going to be able to work through in that journey to help solve those problems. I thought of, when you brought that up, I thought of an example, a true example from July 4th that wasn't about page speed, but one of the, I brought up one of the top reasons why on the business side lose sales is because of coupons. Coupons are a death trap, all right? Coupons are, there's, a coupon is not a simple throw it out there and, and people are going to use it. There are elements within the coupon process that need to be, dates need to be updated to make sure that coupon is valid. You need to make sure the system that's accepting those coupons is ready to accept code sensitive, I'm sorry, cap sensitive, data, spaces, etc. And I know a, a business that spent thousands, tens of thousands in coupon in a campaign for July 4th and their marketing team did a great job driving traffic to the site with this coupon in hand for July 4th. Little did they know that the product team had not extended the validation date, the expiration date on this coupon that they were using and people were coming and basically submitting a July 4th coupon for the weekend. So very successful inside of marketing for for a campaign and those sales were being rejected by the system that's a great example for me for why we need to have that constant monitoring 
I'll go back to, to also your question you were asking about the ongoing, ongoing reason for ongoing monitoring. And I think also when we're monitoring these issues, we are going to come across a lot of other things to fix. That's the nature of the beast. Like no web is, is perfect. No website is working at a hundred percent perfection. But as a business owner, we should not be satisfied if we're seeing 3.5% conversion. That we should not be satisfied. We should be looking for more. And way we're going to find more is by digging in and saying, where are people falling off the funnel? Now, you asked before as far as monetization and whatnot. If you can't put a, in my mind, if you can't put a dollar value on that revenue loss, then our focus is not where it should be. In other words, the business goal is to drive more revenue from this online funnel. And that should be the way the KPIs are set up as far as performance issues as well. How much is each issue costing? That way it's pretty easy to prioritize as far as going after the fix. Let's look at the leading issues based on the top two or three items that are causing us revenue loss. Let's Put some gum, let's fix up those holes in that online funnel and then move on to the next. But make sure that you're prioritizing and working with the big issues, the big fires first. Yeah, that's a great point. A lot of marketing teams are only focused on how much we can increase revenue. So they're focused on maybe optimizing a lot of the site in terms of getting clients there. I love the example of the coupon because that's so many times that's missed it shows up as abandoned carts but you don't ne- you don't necessarily know why and unless you have a call center that's open and ready to take phone calls you're going to lose those clients Absolutely. Um, do you have that's a, such a great example do you have any other examples like that that you can share with us that show how maybe not a coupon but that when you get to the bottom of the funnel and then they just go you don't know why First of all, the golden rule I think that everyone knows is those customers that do make it to support, that do submit a ticket, at that point, you're already multiply that number times 100. Three people came in and put a ticket in that their coupon's not working. Those are 300 potential customers that have just walked out your door because they had a problem and they didn't submit the ticket. The examples go on and on. You asked about page speed. So I think a lot of people are naive that I talk to, we talk to us as a company. Page speed, they're looking at what is the site speed? Site speed looks okay. I'm monitoring. Now it's very good. Google released as far as the core vitals are a lot more accessible now, the details for that. But they're not digging in and understanding was there a specific image on the product page or on the category page even, let's take it even a step higher, that's causing that page load speed. Now, we know that every second is critical for page speed within the online funnel. So customers that we work with, they want to stay ahead of that curve and understand what are the elements within the core vitals specific. This image and this image are causing page load speed. It's this font. It's this video. And getting that detail That's the way that you want to stay ahead of the curve and constantly monitor how those things are going to be impacting your sales. That page speed thing, I think for the last 10 years, everybody has been saying mobile first, but I still meet clients that are testing their page speed on a desktop. How important is it to be measuring all the, everything we're talking about today, 
from the standpoint of, hey, how does it work on my mobile phone? And then how does it work on my desktop rather than how does it work on my desktop then on my – and then, oh, by the way, some people may be using mobile. It's, uh, you're a sales guy. It's how important is that sale? If, if you're a business owner and you're saying, hey, I'm just going to gonna take my chances and let it go, then I think the, the, the people are going to be flying by you as far as results. You need to look at every aspect, uh, both look at the desktop visitors and the mobile visitors. You can't just also look at conversions and say, I see that more people convert by mobile, therefore that should be my full effort. We need to also see, did those visitors first come in possibly by desktop and then make a purchase on mobile or vice versa, which is the way a lot of people feel more comfortable as far as security-wise doing that process. But all elements lead to that online experience. And again, never, ever underestimate this issue with loyalty. If somebody walks away from your site and they didn't have a good experience, they're not going to be likely A, to come back or B, to promote your brand to others. So that's critical. Yeah, I like what you said in in some of the notes. You had said, hey, that's a cool company or a cool brand, but your website sucks or your website is unbelievably slow. And although I love your product, I can't buy it from you. How often does that happen? I think tons. I think tons. I think that the business owner that's relying solely on the feedback that's coming from the marketplace is missing out on opportunity and helping destroy their brand and still to build their brand. Every minute, every minute of, uh, of a site's life, there are sales opportunities that are slipping through the funnel. This number is going to, it's going to range between, uh, from our notes, we look at uh, between 25 to 40% uh, of the v- sales opportunity is lost per minute that's happening online. Now, some people are going to come onto your website and as you mentioned, go directly after that product, no matter what, they're going to suffer through and others are going to come through and just browse and maybe come back. But a scenario that I think about a lot, and again, I think it's because you, you and I are maybe coming from a sales background, but if a visitor walks into that mall store and they reach up to grab a pair of jeans from the shelf. And as they take those jeans off the shelf, the whole shelf comes flying down on them. And, oh, my gosh, it's horrible. And the person still gets up because they want those brand-new jeans, and it's a perfect fit. And they manage to get themselves up, and they're a little bit hurt. But as they're walking down that aisle, there was glass from when the shelf fell down, and they slip, and they're all cut. Finally, they make it up to the register, And there's a sign on the register that says register closed. This is the experience that that we're providing to our customers online. It would never stand in in an actual brick and mortar store. The same way with a coupon. If you had a customer with $200 in their checkout and they were using a coupon and they're at the register, most likely there might be some kind of manager's coupon that cashier somehow happens to pull up from below the cash register. Oh my gosh, look, I do have a manager's coupon here for 5% off. We need to really engage with our customers at all times and understand, empathize, understand what they're going through, what they've been through, which almost no one goes through an online experience perfect and empathize and understand how to perfect that online process and make it as smooth as possible. Yeah, talk about the complications in terms – I think that 
a lot of merchants do look at, hey, how fast is my site? And and I want my checkout to be smooth. But then they don't think about how sometimes it is complicated to actually get your product and then find it and then getting into the cart. And then as just as a follow-up on that, measuring that whole aspect, I think that's another part where a lot of people miss out on. Brent, what I have learned is a fantastic gem is this issue of goal failures, is a gem. Measuring your site's performance and saying, I'm going to look at the site issues based on only the technical, it is so short-sighted. Look at the goal failures. That is where the meat is. That is where the majority of those business issues are happening. A goal failure, just by the way, is measured by when a visitor clicks on the website and they click at a certain point within the funnel with the intention to move to the next phase in the funnel. So add to cart, I click on that product and my intention is to put that product into cart and then to move over to checkout. There are countless add to cart failures, I think which most websites are absolutely blind to that are happening within that user experience. And I think you and I we go through it all the time, right? I put a product in the cart and I've chosen the blue shirt. And when it gets in the cart, it's an orange shirt. I don't think that much of it. I take the product out, I put it back in and it comes in the blue shirt. What you need to look at is to understand how many of those people that went through that experience, actually they abandoned at that point. They got tired. It was just at that point that the phone rang, that the dog barked, etc. Somebody came to the door and that's it. You've lost that customer, then now you've paid all of that acquisition cost to drive that customer in. Successful job from marketing, fantastic work, but it was basic goal failure issues that are happening within the website. So again, I like to always focus and look at the goals. I think that a traditional view is what are the technical issues that are, are causing performance performance issues within the site? Okay, that's important. But the goal failures, that's really where the big money is, is successfully nailing that. Do you think some of those goal failures are in part due to, hey, I've got a developer, they tested it, it works. The developer showed me how to do it, it works for me suddenly. And then so you'll put it live. Now you've you've made some, you've educated yourself on to do it. And you've had a developer who's done it a hundred times, they know how to do it. Let's say you've missed some kind of step in that. Let's just say you talk about the T-shirt thing, and typically you'd have yep. a size and a color. You might have a third variable on that has to happen on that product display yep. page. And if you Quantity. don't have all those, let's just say that color is out of stock. Yep. They're clicking on the button. It's not going into cart. Why isn't it going into cart? You don't right. know. Oh, it's worked for me a hundred times. How, like the merchant goes to the developer. Hey, this isn't working. Well, it works for me. <laughs> That's not an answer. It but doesn't work for me. Isn't that what it, I mean? Isn't that you're familiar with that? I think you're familiar with that, right? Is we have a problem with issues on the site, and we go to the developer, and the developer is not—they're not—they're not pulling our chain. They're, they go and they test it, and they say it works well for us. I don't see the problem, Brent. Everything's good. And at that point, I guess I'm like, I don't know. Somebody sent in a ticket, but I guess it works okay. The amount of failures that happen in add to cart and checkout are unbelievable. It's almost unbelievable how many people are making a purchase. When we look at these sessions and we see how much people are stumbling and going through that experience with those jeans, how much people are stumbling in that process of actually putting that product in the cart and making a checkout, 
we can really, if it's not very hard, we call that the low-hanging fruit. So it's not hard to at least at minimum take care of that low-hanging fruit and make sure that those customers are satisfied. The reason I bring up that story, and yeah. I think we as technology people understand that part of it, but the average user out there buying it doesn't care they want to buy it. They don't, and they would like to know why they can't buy it. They need to have some big, huge, big, huge red flashing buttons that says, "Hey, orange is out of stock. You can get either medium or large or whatever. Orange in orange, but it's not. It's, it's out of stock from small. Whatever that display is, gives them a chance to either pick a different color or try a different type of shirt or whatever. You're giving them choices, right? If something, if they can't buy something." The urgency for a merchant to know why that didn't happen and not depending on their developer who says, oh, it works for me. And then you've just, now you're going to a spiral of, you don't have any data to look at. You're, everybody's like throwing in, why isn't working then? Or maybe it does work or is it one person? Or like you said, if it's one person who put it, is it really a hundred people who aren't even telling us? That data that has to go behind there to know why it doesn't work is so important. There is a an industry term that I'm hearing more and more called MTTR, the mean time to repair. The MTTR, it's based on the amount of time it takes your team to detect and fix an issue, repair an issue. And that having a faster MTTR is one, it's just a great sign for a healthy company. That's one of the main criteria that they're working on for an e-commerce company is quick identity and fix of an issue, which you can only fix things fast if you know, you're having a lot of data about that issue. But uh, we're seeing more and more that businesses are focusing a lot of effort on how quickly can I identify the critical element and get that element in the right hands to make the fix. And that back and forth that you brought up of, hey, do you see it? I don't see it. Were they on? Let me call them up. We're, I got to send the customer a letter. Were you on a phone or were you on an Android device or were you on an iOS device? That is crazy. That's very 15, 20 years ago. Right now, you want to be able to get full data from the issue immediately because that's the way that you're going to be able to supply your team with more information. They're going to be happier that they're not spending time QAing and testing and looking and looking and searching for answers. And you're going to be providing better service out to your client. Yeah. I, I think it, as a technology person, if you could give that CEO some advice or some new scorecard items to go by as the leadership team meets every week and they're, you're going through your scorecard items, that MTTR is what a great scorecard. But there is an underlying factor in that if nobody knows. <laughs> if you can't measure it, if you don't identify the issue, you can't identify the correct MTTR. I'd like to just spend the next, we have about five, 10 minutes left here. Sure. We don't have to plug WebEyes, but I think it's a great solution to identify the, some of those things. Talk about, you gave me some of your notes, detect, prioritize, resolve, on, and then keep monitoring, right? If you're talking to a CEO, how do you impart that importance of those steps, those action items for their web team? 
Put your sales hat uh, on a moment. Let's let's. Yeah, exactly. So let me just I'll take a step back. When we founded WebEyes, we we were working with businesses and providing them with insights for what are the leading elements that are causing revenue loss on their site, you know, consulting wise. And what we very quickly realized is that on average, about seventy percent of the reason that people are losing sales opportunities, it's not based on that kind of classic technical issue, JavaScript issue or sometimes page load speed, but it's really based on the usability of the website. And that's that breaks down to goal failures. So at WebEyes, what we do is that we identify every point for friction within that online funnel, whether it be a business-related issue or whether it be a technical anomaly. We are looking at any element that's causing friction and revenue loss within it. Now, when I say revenue loss, what that means is that means that every issue that's detected not only are we providing the core that the core the root cause of that issue not only are we providing a session recording of that issue and exactly where it happened and how many people it affected but we're also measuring what was the dollar impact to lost sales to your business and the conversations that we have a lot of conversations with our clients account management is very engaged with the clients so that conversation for us it's always based around business and we find that is an area that everyone within the company should be aligned on from the CEO to the CTO. If there are people not making, not able to make a purchase online, that hurts the bottom line and that hurts the ability for the company to 